In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Thank God it's Easter. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that gives great praise and thanksgiving for the fact that it's Easter. The clergy, the altar guild, the choir, and everybody else around here, and all the lay leadership, I'm certain, gives great great thanks that it's Easter. And I'm also sure I'm not the only one here who's eternally grateful that he does not need to go on hiding uh, when I sneak chocolate and things like that when I'm not supposed to. Twenty plus years of parish ministry has taught me to always eat dessert first. And it's nice to not have to hide that anymore. Easter is a season when we get to come out of the tomb, when we get to come out of our own tombs, our own metaphorical tombs, as we have struggled through Lent and Holy Week, and we, and we, we emerge back into the world, refreshed by the Easter miracle, by the waters of baptism that, that, that nourish us and, and, and refresh us for life within, in Christ. But Easter is a time when we remember the gift of the resurrection, the gift that Christ gave us when he died on the cross, the gift that is ours as humankind when the stone was noticed, rolled back, and the tomb was empty. Easter is that wonderful and powerful gift that gives us, gives us a hope for eternal life. And I would offer up that Easter is a gift that gives us resurrection and resurrected possibilities. And when I talk about resurrected possibilities, for me, for me, and I, and I hope for you as well, that you're able to find those resurrected possibilities that are not just in the life to come, in that eschatological hope that the kingdom of God is near when we pass on to the next life, but the eschatological hope that the kingdom of God is here is here on earth, ready for us, waiting for us, and providing new opportunities and new ways to live our lives, and providing a way for us to be resurrected as we practice our own ministry and as we represent Christ to the world at large. The beauty and the, and the, and the joy of Easter Day was that, indeed, the women found the tomb empty, and they found Christ, and they found that he was in fact alive, that he had in fact conquered death, and that he had brought new life to each and every one of us. But as I said, I don't believe it's just in the life to come, but I believe we experience those resurrected realities in the, in the here and the now. The... Uh, Y'all know I like to tell stories, so I'm going to tell a story. Um, and this is a story about me when I was a kid, and then goes a few years in the future beyond that. But um, uh, when I was in fifth and sixth grade, I had a real close friend who I did a lot of number of things with, and, uh, and we uh, you know, used to spend the night at each other's houses and uh, play and, and have great times. Anyhow, he, had, he was the eldest of, of, of of, uh, of three boys. And so one weekend when I was at their house, um, 
And uh, boys, I'm not going to say boys will be boys. Boys will just do stupid things is the best way to put it. Um, and it made no sense for us to be reenacting a Roger Staubach to Drew Pearson touchdown in the kitchen. Just made no sense at all. But we were doing it. And, and, and under the guise that it was, a, it was a Nerf football and not a real football. So it can't really cause any problems. But um, it did. It did, in fact. And that Nerf football um, uh, knocked over a whole bunch of dishes that just whoosh, on the tile floor below us. And of course, his mom got angry with us and said, you got to clean it up. Go, go clean it up. Get the you know, dustpan and all that sort of stuff. And so we were doing our cleanup and being as contrite as we possibly could. And, and I had a big thing full of, you know, shards and pieces of the dishes. And I was about to dump in the crash. She said, no, 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 don't throw those away. She just take them out into the garage. And there's a bucket there and put them out there for the mosaics. I didn't know what a mosaic was, but, uh, but when I got out into the garage and saw a five-gallon bucket of paint that was empty and all these other shards of glass and other buckets similar to that, I knew what she was talking about, so I put them in there and then noticed all the artwork that Mrs. Hawkins had done that were mosaics, you know, beautiful like tabletops and sort of things, things that might look like stepping stones, and they all had bits and pieces of, of glass or bits and pieces of jaw, clay, you know, clay and such, bits and some rocks in some case, cases. And, and it was clear that she took these broken bits and pieces of stuff and made beautiful things out of them. I was really amazed by that. But didn't really realize the significance of it at that time. Didn't really realize the significance of it at that time. And then fast forward 30 years later, and I'm up here in, at St. Columns, and the uh, Hurricane Katrina has just hit, and it just destroyed the area where Kyle and I and the Katie and Betsy were living prior to, uh, prior to coming up here. And uh, I was getting ready to go down to, uh, to the coast to, uh, to help out pastorally and to check in with my old congregation in Diamond Head. Uh, and also to go down to Bay St. Louis and check on Kyle's people, who had, uh, she had served as priest in charge at uh, Christ Church in Bay St. Louis for three years, and just, you know, sort of check into this place that had meant so much to us. And, and uh, as I was telling the congregation of St. Columns, I'm going to be out for a couple of days, going to do this. Um, Andy Young, who's a, a local stained glass artist, uh, caught me after the service and said, and said, Brian, whatever you do, don't throw away stained glass if you find it. He said, if it's broken and what have you, just, just gather it up. Just gather it up and we'll make something out of it. We'll, and we'll make something out of it. And he said, you know, and I said, what, well, what do you mean? He said, that's one of the oldest forms of sacred art that there is, is stained glass and mosaics and stuff like that. And it's always been bits and pieces of things that have been put together to create some of the most beautiful artifacts that we have within the Christian tradition. He said, so keep those, put them in a bucket, bring it up here, and we'll, we'll do something with it. When I got down to the coast, I, I didn't find any stained glass. I did have a moment for a good cry as I stood on the slab of what used to be Christ Church in Bay St. Louis and remembered some of the times we'd spent there as a family. But um, it was several years later 
that I uh, was a brand new bishop and I was visiting uh, the church Holy Cross in Olive Branch, Mississippi, which is up in the north part of the state, real close to South Haven, really close. I think you could throw a rock at the, uh, at the state line of Tennessee as well. But I was up there visiting and, and as I walked in the, uh, the narthex, there's this beautiful stained glass there. And, and has a kind of a, have really had a sort of a beach feel to it, if you can imagine that. Some things just appear, just appear that way. And, um, and, and as I was staring at it, just something just felt, just felt like it was really special. And uh, a gentleman came up and started talking with me, and he said, well, I collected that glass um, from the old Christ Church in Bay St. Louis after Hurricane Katrina. Found it there and scooped it up and brought it back. And um, we were involved in trying to help that church rebuild after Hurricane Katrina. And um, I told them about the glass that I had collected, and they, um, they commissioned this window for our church. And it was this beautiful, wonderful piece of art. This beautiful, wonderful piece that splashed color all over the walls when the sun hit it different directions. A beautiful, wonderful piece that reminded the two congregations of how they had helped each other out and how they had worshiped together and how they had rebuilt following something tragic and something horrible. But also, I would add, it was a beautiful and wonderful reminder of how beautiful things can be made out of brokenness and beautiful things can be made out of the broken pieces of our lives. That's what I believe takes place in the resurrection for you and I within our lives in the here and the now. I believe that God is pulling together all the broken pieces of our lives and creating something new and beautiful through the resurrected life which we enjoy. We all carry some sort of brokenness. Maybe it's the end of a relationship. Maybe it's losing a loved one. Maybe it's making that hard decision to help mom and dad transition into a different way of life and a different place of living. Maybe it's the difficult decision to end a relationship and become comfortable as an individual. Maybe it's moving from self-will run riot into sobriety. There are any number of ways that we die to self in order to live again. To me, that is the resurrection. That is the resurrection in the here and now because God is picking up all those pieces and putting them back together in something beautiful. It doesn't always look like what it looked before. I can guarantee you the stained glass that I saw up in Olive Branch was not at all what the stained glass in Bay St. Louis that I remember was like. It was something new, it was something different, it was something beautiful. God rolled back the stone that day on that first Easter morning. God rolled back the stone and Jesus walked out. That represents for you and me new life. New life in the life to come, new life in the here and the now. And believe me, I can speak from my own experience almost ad nauseum. 
God will pick up the broken pieces for us. And God will help us put those broken pieces back together and create something new and beautiful. That is the promise of resurrected life that we celebrate today in the here and the now. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.